We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Do you ever feel like you're always on? What do you do when you need a moment to chill? How do you like to hit the reset button to get ready for what's next? These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nothing but nonstop hustle all the time. Work, family, friends, a million pressing social issues, and an expectation to be on 24-7. Sometimes you just need a moment to turn off and hit the reset button. That's when you reach for an ice-cold Coors Light, the beer that's made to chill. Listen, there's a lot going on in Green Bay right now, and I feel like we could all use a moment to chill with a Coors Light. See, Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's literally made to chill. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies, perfect for a moment to unwind. Coors Light is what I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in their all-new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado, and as always, celebrate. Twenty minutes a day. Three hundred and sixty-five days a year. This is the Pack a Day Podcast. Welcome in, everyone, to another edition of the Pack-A-Day Podcast. Thanks again for joining us today. My name is Dan Kotnick, and uh, it is April, which in terms of the Pack-A-Day Podcast means only one thing. We throw out the entire script of your regular Packer coverage, and we focus solely on the draft, and it is 100% draft coverage from here on out up until that last week of April, and the draft kicks off officially. I am excited about this. This is one of my favorite parts of the entire year, mainly because it means I get to work with some guys that I know are way smarter than me in terms of draft stuff, and I get to actually learn stuff. And then when I talk to my family, it makes it sound like I am the smart one because I just copy and paste exactly what these guys are saying. And the two guys are going to be joining me here each and every Saturday leading up to the draft and into the draft as well, the whole month of April. It's two guys that definitely fit that category of guys smarter than me about the draft. It's Mark Eckel and Paul Brettel. Gentlemen, how are you doing tonight? I am fantastic. It is warm up here in Green Bay, Wisconsin, so we're always excited about that. And Dan, on our Saturday show, we always touch on the weather on our just, just wide variance all over the Green Bay, North or South Carolina, and Arizona, where Jason is. So, how how warm is it up there, Paul? Uh, we're going to be 60s this weekend. Oh, you might living, be, the, living the good life. Yes. Wow. Because <laughs> it's been beautiful here, but tomorrow, well, actually today, since we're Saturday, it's supposed to be like 
maybe in the like it might not hit sixty here tomorrow. Okay. <laughs> no, you might it might be warmer in Green Bay than it is in Myrtle Beach. That's not doesn't happen too often. That's rare. <laughs> Where are you? Uh, I'm so I'm out of I'm out of Detroit, okay. and. Uh, yeah, it's been it's been a fun game of uh, what's it gonna be like when I take the dog outside after yep. work because yesterday didn't realize like the day before two days ago it's like fifty something so I'm wearing my jacket when I go outside and then yesterday it hits the seventies and I look like an insane person wearing my my jacket and long pants outside when I take the dog out so uh, <laughs> I that I mean that's April weather right that this is just <laughs> All around in the Midwest, absolutely. Yeah, in the Midwest, you're especially. Now, Paul, right? You're, I mean, it's you're you're got shorts and a t-shirt on, probably. Yeah, in this weather, I do, but it's it's been the same here. Detroit and Green Bay are pretty close, so it's mm-hmm. been the same experience of one day it's nice, and the next day you're back into a jacket and jeans. Yeah, it's that weird that weird period where I can't. I, I have all of my clothes out of the closet because I can't put any. I can't put the summer away. I can't put the winter away yet. Um, I hate it. I, I absolutely hate it. It's one of the worst. It, I hate it more than like the transition between like fall, summer, that that period, because I feel like that transitions much more easily. You know, you get you that that's a much more easy transition well, than it is than it is right now. You know. Um, that's why right. we have That's why this is a good time. Yeah. That, that's something else to keep our minds off the weather, right? <laughs> that's right. Well, I don't know. Like, we wouldn't just do like 25 more minutes. We can break out like barometer. I took uh, <laughs> I took weather and climate in college as an elective, oh, so I can, right. can tell you what a cumulative cumulative cloud is and everything. Well, we're yeah. in trouble now. We we just <laughs> we just <laughs> we just, <laughs> we just <laughs> fake it every Saturday. You, you've just walked straight into the dojo, man. Uh-huh. This is uh-huh. <laughs> uh, no. I assume people are people. Come here for the weather talk. It's I, I, One I appreciate does, right? it. Right. Didn't I uh, tweet you that? I love <laughs> yeah, we, we did get a compliment one time on our weekly weather report. <laughs> so there's at least one person out there. <laughs> as long as there's one. As long as there's one listener, yep. we'll keep doing it. Um, we right. do want to talk about uh, a couple of player profiles today. Uh, this is one of the, um, this is one of the, the parts that I enjoy the most about. Uh, when we start diving into this coverage, because there, I mean, there's just so many, there's so many different uh, people. I mean, how, what is it like 250 some picks? So there's going to be 250 some players that we could dive into if we wanted to and talk about. And so th- this is where I love kind of you get to learn more about these players, learn more about who they are and how they could fit in. And uh, we got a nice. Um, we got a nice draw with uh, with who I think we're going to be talking about today. Four cornerbacks, and not just four cornerbacks, but four of maybe the top ones, all out of the SEC, all really exciting players, and they think Packer fans for sure. We'd run down this list if any four of these fell to 29 and, and started playing opposite of Jair Alexander or in a rotation with Kevin King and Jair Alexander would be over the moon. Um, before we before we talk about each of these guys individually, though, I want to get your guys' take on that cornerback position as a whole with the Packers right now. Obviously, like I just mentioned, Jay Alexander, arguably the best cornerback in the NFL right now. Kevin King, a very polarizing, maybe the most polarizing cornerback in the NFL. Kevin King. Um, where 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 do you guys see it? I mean, everyone everyone is basically I feel like kind of on a consensus that this is a a top need for the Packers. But last year, everyone thought that wide receiver was a top need for the Packers going into the draft. 
and we saw how that went. So it, how high of a draft need is this for the Packers right now, guys? Uh, for me, it's, it's it's number two. I do have offensive tackle as the top uh, priority on my to-do list this offseason for the Green Bay Packers, specifically in the draft. But it's number two, and honestly, if you want to interchange them, I don't see any re- – I'm not going to sit here and argue with it. Outside of Jair Alexander, there's a lot of question marks. Now, I will say that I do feel this is going to go against the grain slightly better that Kevin King and Shannon Sullivan are back just because I do believe that they provide at least some sort of stability. We hope the Green Bay Packers take a cornerback in round one, round two, but we don't know how the board's going to fall. And so there's at least those veterans, guys who have been a part of the team in the past that they can lean on. Ideally, you want to try to upgrade that position, but early on, and all all positions from college to NFL are obviously a difficult transition, but cornerback up there with tight end, quarterback, is one of the more challenging of them. And unless you're going to land a top-tier player, there is no guarantee that whoever you pick is going to come in, take all of the cornerback two snaps next to Jair Alexander week one. We hope so. That's the goal, but there's no guarantee of that. So at least having a veteran in King and Sullivan to lean on out wide and in the slot, it does make me feel a little better. Like I said, I know that's against the grain, but still it's it's certainly a top priority on my list. Yeah, I agree. I mean, it was my number one. Um, I mean, a couple of weeks ago it was one by far. I mean, not even – I mean, I had tackle two, but a distant two. Um that when they re-signed Sullivan for, or they tendered Sullivan and then re-signed King, like you said, I'm not that I'm thrilled of, about either one of those guys. I think they can and should do get better there. Uh, but they are they have played. They went 13 and three with both of those guys playing last year. Got to the NFC title game, so it's not like they were terrible with those guys. Um, and like I think you and I have talked about this a couple weeks ago, Paul, because they have those guys now. They don't like if they didn't. If King would have left and signed with the Philadelphia Eagles, or and if they had they not tendered Sullivan, they would have had to take a corner one. I think they would absolutely. I mean, and and sometimes then and then you reach because maybe six of them went off the board, so now you're taking number seven. You know, I mean, and that's not ideal. Um, and, and maybe you pass on a very good tackle or a very good linebacker or a very good anything because you 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 put you put yourself in that hole where you have to have to take a corner. I still think they should take a corner in the first round. But if, if this draft goes like last year's did it with wide receiver, where there's a run and they all go and you're sitting there at 29 and, you know, like your number seven corner is up, but you but there's a very good whatever, take the very good player and, and get a corner somewhere else because, you know, that's how you get in trouble is when you reach for, for a need. Uh, mm-hmm. With that said, this is – um, I've been running a, a, a position by position uh, look at look at at the draft through through the eyes of uh, three different scouts on a Packer report, and all three said this: that cornerback is the best position in the draft this year. It's it's the deepest. Um, I mean, and we'll we'll get into the four guys later, but I mean, they, they there should be a good cornerback at twenty nine, uh, and there'll be some good cornerbacks in the second round if they want to. I don't know if they want to wait till 62. Maybe move. If, if they don't get a corner in the first round, I would think they may, with those extra picks they have on day three, maybe try to move up in the second just to get one of the guys that may have fallen out of the first. 
And this is a position that I think is prime for Green Bay to at least double dip on. And I've talked about it, wrote about it before, maybe even triple dip. Because in 2017, Thompson took three running backs. Goody took three receivers in 18, then three interior offensive linemen this past year. It's recently become a trend. And if there's a position that could use that, it's cornerback, maybe interior defensive line, although it's not a deep class there. But after Jair Alexander, beyond 2021, he's the only person that you know is going to be on this team in 2022. We don't know who else is going, who's currently on the roster, who's going to be there going forward uh, after this coming season. So this is definitely a position that Packers could target two, maybe even three times in this draft, especially if they hang on to all 10 picks. Yeah, you know, to sum up, you guys hit everything right on the head, I think, with with all with the the Kevin King signing because that people that want to want to bag on the pick, the pick, uh, the the um. The re-signing of Kevin King isn't to say Kevin King is going to be our starting number cor- or number two cornerback. Kevin King is to give us the flexibility that we don't have to make the scared pick at 29. Scared money don't make money, right? Like that th- you you cannot go into a draft with such a glaring need because that's when you end up getting taken advantage of by another team that knows that you need that you want this pick. You get you know you reach. And that's when you start drafting busts. You start overreaching for, for whatever. I, I, one other scenario that I think uh, kind of falls into it: a, class, a classic Gutekunst scenario, trade back from that twenty-nine and maybe fall into that top uh, top uh, part of the the second round there, and find find a cornerback in there as well. You get two if you find two picks in in the second round like that, one high, one low, right within that that uh, that thirty to sixty range two cornerbacks like that that's that's a pretty uh that's a that's a pretty Gutekunst playbook kind of move I feel like um but I think all agreed the cornerback position needs to be one that that should be addressed uh in free eight or excuse me in uh in the draft coming up I feel like the the ship has kind of sailed on the the free agency part so far at least in the the kind of splash move that a lot of Packer fans were looking for so we're looking ahead to the draft with this position group we mentioned we're talking about four different cornerbacks today, all out of the SEC, and uh, I mean just the the high caliber of cornerbacks that you would expect to come out of SEC type play. Uh, real quick, run down the guys that we're going to talk about today: J.C. Horn out of South Carolina, Patrick Sertan the second from Alabama, Kelvin Joseph from Kentucky, and Eric Stokes from Georgia. Uh, let's start. Right off the bat with, I think, Mark kind of showed his hand uh, off air before we started doing this. Let's start with, I think, cornerback number one out of this group, J.C. Horn from South Carolina, 6'1", 205. He's a a junior from South Carolina, we said, three-year starter. He's the son of former Saints wide receiver Joe Horn. So there's that bloodline in there that people love to talk about. Um, Just my personal opinion, guys. When I when the the more I read about him, the more what I saw people say, the more I looked at some of the the highlights and everything. Tell me tell me how close I am to the mark on this. He feels like a cross between Jerry Alexander and Kevin King. The the sort of like physical like the 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 abilities, the football abilities of Jerry Alexander, with a little bit more of that size like Kevin King, but also you get some of those. Uh, the, the the worst sides of Kevin King, like the missed tackling, kind of uh, handsy play, like not not being in the right position. So you kind of get a little bit of both, but I feel like that's that's a nice cross between the two. But I, I 
I love everything that I saw about him. Uh, Mark, I'll start with you. Just your opinion overall. I know, I know you love, I love him. It. So, love what, what do you think? I, I mean, the guys. I, well, let me preface everything by saying I don't. I watch some college football, but I'm not a scout. I don't. I watch. You know, I say hey, that guy's pretty good. I, but then I, I, I really trust these three guys that I talk to, and they, they had him number one early. I mean, early, especially the one guy that I talked to said, you know, everybody has. Uh, Patrick Sertain, who we're going to talk about later, and Caleb Farley from Virginia Tech as one, too. He said, I'm telling you right now, Horn's better than both of them. He said, they're, they're, nothing against those other two guys. They're both very good. He said, but Horn's the best. And then I started, so I, you know, and he was, like, laughing, saying, like, I, I know that's going to make you feel good because he's from, he's from, you know, South Carolina. Um, and I, But I love, I mean, I did like him watching him, but, I, I, again, I just, I don't, I'm not a scout. Um, but, no, he does everything well. I think he's I think he's the best defensive player in the draft. I really do. I think he'll turn out to be the best defensive player. Um, I mean, he, you know, he played in the SEC, so he, he went up against the best receivers uh, week in and week out as well. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Um, he can run. He, he has good size. Um, the, the one knock against him is he's not like he, he didn't get a lot of picks, um, which, you know, sometimes, you know, maybe if they're, if they're not throwing the ball your way, you're not going to get picks either. So sometimes, you know, Alexander didn't have a lot of picks last mm-hmm. year because the quarterback just ignored him. I mean, you know, and that's to me, that's even better. You know, if you're not throwing at you at all, that shows you're, that they're, they're, you know, how much they, they think of you. Um, I mean, he's he's just a good, he's just all-around good player. Uh, like you said, he has good bloodlines. His, his his dad was a long-time wide receiver in the NFL, mostly for the Saints. Yeah, I, I, I can't say enough good things about Casey Horn. Uh, I can't imagine he's going to be there at 29. I just, I can't imagine. I mean, that would be that silly that, to even think that he has a chance to be there at 29. Credit Karma has always been there to help you make better financial decisions. And now they want to help you even more. With a Credit Karma Money Spend account, you can be rewarded for good money habits. Credit Karma Money is a brand new checking account where you can win cash reimbursements for making purchases. Just pay with your debit card, and if you win, you'll be notified on the spot, and your Instant Karma cash will be added back to your spend account. Open your FDIC insured spend account for free. There's no minimum balance requirements, no overdraft fees and free withdrawals from a network of over 50,000 ATMs. And when you make a purchase between June 8th and June 30th, you'll automatically be entered to win $1 million. 
Right now, visit creditkarma.com backslash win money to open your free account and start winning instant karma. Go to creditkarma.com backslash win money to sign up for free and start winning. That's creditkarma.com slash win money. Instant Karma is sponsored by Credit Karma. No purchase necessary. Exclusions and terms apply. See rules. Banking services provided by MVB Bank Incorporated. Member FDIC. Maximum balance and transfer limits apply. Yeah, uh, I agree with everything Mark said. He's a fantastic player. Yeah, he's got the size and also the athleticism. I know on uh, on Twitter, the relative athletic score is oftentimes thrown around just to kind of compare athletes within their own position group. And I think it's valuable, especially from a Packers fan standpoint, because I went and looked back over Goody's first three drafts, and 22 of his 25 picks who have registered have been eight or higher on that t- on that chart. So when we're going through and looking at these players, I do think that that is a valuable, it's not the be-all, end-all by any means. It's not predictive, predictive of how good they're going to be, but in terms of who the Green Bay Packers might be interested in, I think that does help. You know, if we're discussing a cornerback who scores a six and a half out of 10, maybe they're not on the Packers' radar, at least not early on. But J.C. Horn and all these guys on this list scored really well, but Horn scored a perfect 10 out of 10. He allowed only a 52% completion percentage in his 124 targets in college. And like Mark said, with the low uh, ball production interceptions, what we don't necessarily know unless you really went back and charted every uh, play was how many targets he's getting. Hmm. But he's only had 27.4 snaps for every reception that he allowed this past season, which was the second best in college football. So almost 30 snaps before he allowed a reception. So that's just showing you that he's also just not getting a lot of targets. So I agree with Mark in that regard that that might be a reason for his low ball production. But size, length, athleticism, he's a great man cover corner. In terms of fit in Green Bay, he's ideal in that regard. The knock, additional knock that you could say is his his aggressiveness. He does Mm -hmm. tend to get a little grabby. But to me, like Josh Jackson, he gets grabby. But there's there's a difference in that. In Jackson, it's almost like a, out of panic, I would say. And he did it at times where he didn't even have to, but he felt out of position. With J.C. Horn, it's I think it's more of his style of play, that physical nature that he brings. And so you can you'll read that, you'll see that that he's a little grabby and physical. But I think it's different in that regard. Doesn't mean that it's not going to be an issue early on. It's something that we'll have to get coached out of him, so to say. But I don't see that being a major issue. There's there's absolutely a lot to love about what he brings or could bring to the Green Bay Packers. But like Mark said, I I just don't see how he's going to be a pick 29 if somehow he got into the late teens 20. Maybe Gudikins could pull some of that magic and trade up. We did see Green Bay, what was it for Savage, from 30 to 21? I mean, if you want to hold your breath and see if he gets to the late teens, maybe they'd make that pull. I don't know. I'm just throwing it out there. But I, I don't see him, unfortunately, coming to Green Bay. He has um, – yeah, he's not going to. He's, uh, uh, no. <laughs> I, don't he, I don't think he falls in, even in the range where he, you could trade up. I really don't. I, you know, But who knows? The stranger things – what the Packers want, and they're going to get so some of this. They, let those five quarterbacks go early. Let them all go. Mm-hmm. Push, push other players down. Let some – let some other, you know, I don't know, if there are two running backs go, that, that that would be great as well. Just, you know, let let those players, let the, let, let the corner slide a little bit. But I think Horn's going to be the first corner. I mean, I'm, I know no one else thinks so, but I, I now, although he is picking up steam now, I think he can go top, top. I think he'll be the, 
I think he could be the first defensive player taken. Because I, you know, like I said earlier, I think he's the best defensive player in the draft. It's almost a for, it almost seems like a foregone conclusion that Dallas is going cornerback at, at with their first yeah, pick. 10, and right? I forget whether they are 10, 12, but with yeah. Caleb Farley having his back issues, I think he's sliding a little bit. So I agree with you. I absolutely could see him, Horn, being the first one off I, the board. There. I can see Carolina take it. If Carolina doesn't like any of the quarterbacks at eight, mm-hmm. to keep him at home, keep him in the Carolinas. They need a corner. Yeah. I mean, they, their corners were awful last year. Hey, everyone. I want to tell you about Blue Wire Hustle, a brand new program where you can host your very own podcast here at Blue Wire. Hustle was created to give everyone the opportunity to take your podcast to the next level. Or if you want to host a podcast and just don't know where to start, Hustle is the perfect place for you. As part of the program, you'll receive personal cover art, Q&As with Blue Wire's top podcasters, access to our community discord, and an e-learning course full of tips and tricks. And on top of that, We'll help you get your show pushed out to Apple, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, and all other listening platforms. And the best part is, you can get all of this for only $15 a month, the same rate as any other hosting site would charge you just for the initial setup. So whether you're starting from scratch or have an existing show that you want to grow, Hustle is an open door to leveling up your sports experience. Acceptance into the program is limited, so get your application in today. To apply, go to bwhustle.com slash join. Check out the description box to find out more, but that's bwhustle.com slash join. Yeah, J.C. Horn feels like one of those players that, uh, like, he's he's a centerfold player, you know? Like, you, you, you can look, we're going to get to look at all of his tape, ogle it, fall in love with him, pine over him for a month or so, and just imagine him playing in Green Bay opposite Jerry Alexander, but he's never going to go home with us. Like he, he's yeah. gonna he's gonna end up somewhere, <laughs> uh, somewhere else. And like like you said, it's probably gonna end up being like the Cowboys, and we're gonna have to end up hating him to some to some extent uh, because he has to go play against uh, against us in that position. I I like what you said, Paul, about that physicality because yeah, that was the one thing that everywhere I read, every, everything I saw was yeah, he's he's very aggressive he's very physical he gets a lot of those penalties um but I think that translates well into the NFL a little bit because you can you can sort of you can craft that around a player if if it's if it's not like what you what you brought up with Josh Jackson where it's not he's he's not grabbing or being physical out of out of worry or out of uh, out of being out of position he's doing it because he's a physical guy and you have to be physical in the NFL there's going to be times where you're being put on you know, these tight ends like Gronkowski that are, are half wide receiver, half tight end, half polar bear, um, you know, wide receivers, they're, they're getting, they're getting more physical. They're getting bigger. Like the, you have to be able to get in there and play physically smart. And so if you take that ability, you've got someone that already has a, a knack for doing that. Just laser focus that in on the way that the way to make that work in the NFL. That's a, it feels like a very easy fix. And especially with all the upside that the rest of JC Horn brings. It feels like a surefire, a surefire pick. Like I said, I don't don't think we ever see him fall past fifteen. If he falls past, for me, that that's the watermark. If he falls past fifteen, that's some something crazy has has happened uh, ahead of us. Um, speaking of J.C. Horn, a guy that I feel like sort of fits into a similar mold almost of J.C. Horn is his counterpart in Alabama, Patrick Sertan, six two, two o two. A junior as well, you know, physically feel like the same. 
Both come from NFL pedigrees. Uh, Patrick Sertan uh, Sr. played, I, I believe, for Miami for a little bit, and um, there was somebody else, I forget who it was. I, Miami, I think, was the big one for him. Yeah. But, uh, but he, and, and Sertan, he, he feels like he plays very physical up on the line, too. Very handsy, very – uh, very kind of uh, has to have his hands on on the receiver as he kind of runs through everything and to play that uh, instead of reacting just kind of like feeling where the receiver is. What do you guys? Uh, what, what's your first take on on Sertan, Paul? Well, he's if I could pick one word to define him, it would be consistent. He just mm-hmm. he's from play to play. He's just he's steady. You know what you're going to get with him down in and down out, which obviously is incredibly valuable to have. And that's where some of the frustration with Kevin King comes from, for example, because we could get, we've had, we've seen A performances from Kevin King, but we've seen F performances as well. And even if someone is a, is a B all the time or a C all the time, there's at least value, especially for our coaching staff and knowing what they're going to get. I feel like with Sertan, you know what you're going to get with him. He's really good in uh, press man, man coverage. And we know the type of recruits that Alabama puts out or NFL talent that that Alabama puts out. He's someone who's been starting since, since his freshman year, and I think that that alone, just given the talent that's down there, says a lot about him and what he brings. Incredibly experienced over these three over those three years, over 2,600 snaps, and he's someone that got better every year. You sometimes see the kids come on as freshmen, sophomores, and maybe they plateau, maybe they drop off a little bit. Not him. Here he is at the top program in the country, starting as a freshman, and he continually got better every year. Has the athleticism. Once again, he's one of those guys that <laughs> you can dream about and would love to have across from Jair Alexander. Don't get your hopes up, Packers fans, but he's, he's uh, obviously one of the top prospects in this class. Yeah, I mean, I, I have him as a second. I mean, in a close second. I mean, he's his. I mean, he's probably he's probably the best pure cover corner in the draft. Um, I mean, Horn's very good, but coverage guy also. But I think you know he, he can play man, he can play zone, he can play press, he can play two deep. But whatever you want him to play, I think he'll he'll be able to do. So no matter what team gets him. He'll fit that team's defense. He, he's that good in coverage. Like you said, his dad was a corner, a three-time Pro Bowl player for the Dolphins. Um, so, again, good genes. It's amazing how many – this draft is loaded with players. <laughs> it really is. His dad's have played in the NFL, which is kind of interesting. Um, but, no, I mean, yeah, he's, he's very good. I mean, most people probably have him above horn. Um, I don't, but I mean, he's one. I mean, any other year he would be a top core. I mean, I think, you know, even this year he's, yeah, he's going to be, he'll be the, if not, you know, if Horn's the first defensive player, he'll be in the top three. I mean, he's going to go early. He'll, he'll, that's the guy that that everybody's kind of has penciled into the Cowboys a little bit. I think they've, they've made it kind of known that they like him. Um, but we'll see. And, you know, crazy things happen in the draft. Um, like, but I put him right in the same category as Horn. I don't think there's any chance at all that he makes it to 29. If he does start to fall for whatever reasons, teams start taking different positions. Um, maybe you do make that move up. And he, both of those guys, let me say, I'm not a big proponent of of giving up future picks to, to move up. But for these two guys, 
I would I don't I wouldn't mind. Let's put it that way. I I would not be upset if if, if the Packers gave up, you know, a bundle of picks to to move up, you know, not within reason. Let's not get silly. You know, whatever it takes to go from twenty nine to like Paul said, fifteen being the magic number. If it, whatever it takes to go from twenty nine to twenty nine to fifteen, if they did it and 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 got one of those two guys, I'd be I'd be very happy. It, what is what's the what is the knock on Sertan? Because we kind of mentioned Horn, his biggest thing is is the physicality. So for for Sertan, if we're looking at kind of kind of the 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 flip side of him, what what's what's something that could worry you about about him? Um, the one the one thing I heard is that he he sometimes does gamble a little bit. Um. And you know when he, like the few times he's gotten beat, which isn't often, has been because maybe he's gone for the pick instead of just playing them. You know, mm-hmm. um, but when you're in Alabama, see, when you're in Alabama and you know your offense is going to score 50 points every week, you can gamble, I guess, right? Maybe maybe Saban didn't mind him doing that. So you know he can. That, that's easy fix. You know that's easy to fix. Just have the coach tell him, hey, stop gambling. You're not. We're not you're not in Alabama no more. We're not going to score 50 today. <laughs> you know. <laughs> I mean, and you've got you've got the players all around you too. Like he, any any time you have a guy coming out of Alabama, you sort of have that conversation of like uh, the handicap almost. You know, like how how good. Like I always I always go to the quarterback position for for Alabama. Like how good is Mac Jones because he's playing with Devontae Smith and you know and a future pro bowl offensive line pretty much half of the time. Like, like does, does that, does that, uh, does that come up at all for you guys when you're looking at Alabama where you almost kind of like handicap yourself looking at players like this, where, you know, if they are playing differently, are they playing differently because of the guys they're playing with at Alabama? Oh, sure. I think, I think Alabama and I like Alabama, mm-hmm. um, but the, I think they're, some of their players get drafted a little too high and Matt Jones might be a, depending on where he ends up, could be a prime example of that. Um, their offensive linemen always – their offensive line is always so dominant on the college level. And then a lot of those guys, a lot of them are first-round picks, and they really – they're okay. I mean, some aren't even okay. I mean, mm-hmm. some are really bust. And I just think it's their system. And like you said, they have so many good players, and they work well together. Um now, granted, some of their players are great players in the NFL, too. But um, I think Sertan is one of the ones that he'll be fine. I think um, he just has a lot of natural ability. Um, but it's interest, interesting what you said about Mac Jones, because is there that big a difference between Mac Jones and A.J. McCarron? I'm they serious. Feel like they feel it feels like it feels like AJ McCarron light when I look at Mac Jones. I mean, AJ McCarron was a great college quarterback, and I, right. you know, I thought, oh, you know, he'll be okay, and he's a good backup in the NFL. If you know, that's what he is. I mean, I, I mean, I, people were going crazy over Mac Jones, and I'm like, mm, I've, I've seen Mac Jones before, but we'll see. I mean, every yeah. All right, well, we got to two left here. I want to jump to uh, our guy from Kentucky, the only one on our list today that's not a true junior, Kelvin Joseph out of Kentucky, 6'1", 192 pounds. He's a redshirt sophomore, started his career at LSU as a freshman, had a little bit of trouble near the end of his freshman year, got suspended, ended up transferring into the portal, so sat out 
two years ago this past year, his first year back with Kentucky. Um, what, what do we think of him? Because it, it feels like for me, reading about him and, and looking at tape, the, the thing that always jumps out is everybody says, has he played enough college football? Is that a thing? And does that worry you at all, Mark? Yes, it does. Of, of the guys we're talking about, I'm I'm not as sold on on Kelvin Joseph as I am the other guys. Um, he's kind of a guy that's he's he's risen. He's one of the guys that and and I don't know. I've done this a long time, and I don't like guys that rise late. Like like you played football, right? So w- what you did on the field means more to me than what than what you did in a workout. Or, you know, now they had, now there was no, or the combine, there, there was no combine this year, so there's all these pro days. And guys go there and blow it up. And then all of a sudden, it's like, oh, this guy's, look what he did. Kevin King did it. Kevin King had an, had an okay, I'll never forget a quote I had from one of, from a, from a scout about Kevin King prior to his, to his draft. He said, when you watch him play, he's probably a low second, early third round pick. When you watch him work out, He's without a doubt a first round pick, <laughs> and and he went you know that's what happened, and the Packers generally don't fall for that kind of stuff. They 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 did with Kevin King. Um, I want the guys that did it on the field. I want you know now Joe you know he's right. All of a sudden you know people are putting him up there with these other guys, and I I don't see it. I I think I think he's going to need more time to develop. I don't think he's gonna, I don't think he's going to could be like you said because he he didn't play a lot. Um, I don't. I don't think he can come right in and start for you. Um, I think he's more of a. And I don't think he'll ever reach the reach the same level as a as a Horn or or a Sertan or or even like I could probably. Uh, we're not supposed to talk about. We're not talking about other corners today. But I don't. I don't have him. I don't have him in my top eight. To be honest, I have. I have at least. Let me see. I have one, two, three, four. Yeah, I have eight. At least eight or nine guys better than him that I'd rather have than, than him. Wow. Uh, Paul? Yeah, for me, the lack of uh, experience is is worrisome. He did have a nice season this year at Kentucky, and even against Alabama, he was targeted three times, no reception. So it's always good to see those those guys perform in those big moments against you know <laughs> high end programs like that. He also had four interceptions, was good at contesting at contesting catches, so he showed some good ball skills as well, but. That lack of experience is just something that I can't get past. And I've seen him, I, I think it might have been Tony Pauline at Pro Football Network and Mel Kuyper, too, even, I think might have had a mock to Green Bay in round one. And he's a super athletic kid. I think he ran a 4-3-5-40 on Wednesday mm-hmm. at his pro day. Um, but it's just really, it's if you want the upside. Because, Mark, as Mark said, he's not someone who's, you know, if you're looking for someone who's going to come in and push Kevin King right away. I don't see him being that player. Not to say that he's just going to be on the sidelines his whole rookie year, but at least early on, I would still imagine that King would be the primary cornerback too. And that is worth keeping in mind because I know everyone wants that first round pick to come in and contribute right away. And in a perfect world, that's what would happen. But the draft is about who, who do you think the player is going to become? Not who are they tonight on draft night? And if you are bought in to, the tape that you saw, uh, the obvious athleticism that he has, the ball skills, there's going to be a team out there that might project him as a, you know, a high-end corner. It just, it's just not going to be in year one. It might be in year three. 
And so if you're in that long, uh, you know, longer term approach, which most teams should be in the draft, I see the value in what Kelvin Johnson would bring. With that said, I, I'm not a huge fan of the Green Bay Packers going out in that limb with him at pick 29. Uh, like I said, the lack of experience and just really the, the, the rawness, the unknown. For me, that's a little too rich at that point. Yeah, and I, my thing is too, not that he's, maybe I was a little too hard, but I just, there's so many, this is, he picked the wrong year to come out. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. in my opinion, there's just so many better corners. He probably should have gone back to Kentucky another year. Next, I don't know what next year's corner group looks like, but I can't imagine it's as, it's as good and, and as deep as it is this year. Um, he's also not a very, not, not, you know, in the, I know corners, are, you know, the, their, their main job is to cover and all that, but he's very, he's not a good run support corner either. Um, which I think the Packers like corners that can come up and sticky a couple of times too. He's not going to, that's not what he does. Let, let me throw a hypothetical then at you guys, because everything I'm hearing, he's not, not worthy of, of the, of a top 32, pick but every everything that you guys have kind of said it it sounds a lot like not ex, not exactly like but it sounds like a Rashawn Gary kind of situation a guy with good measurables a little bit raw coming out of out of college you need to train up and at a position where you don't necessarily need to throw him into that starting role right away obviously it was different you have Gary playing behind two amazing edge rushers here you're you're wanting to push Kevin King a little bit more, but you you are sort of in a similar situation. So if let's say let's say Brian Gutekunst falls back and uh, and ends up trading that 29 and trades back to say 37, 38, and uh, and Joseph falls to you there, is 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 it a smart pickup at that point? Who else is there? <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> that is a big question. Yeah, it's, it's one of those picks where because and I know this is a buzzword right now, oh. and I know Mark, I know oh. Mark likes oh. buzzwords and buzz, <laughs> but uh, upside, and uh-huh. I just think he absolutely has that. It could be three years from now if the Packers took him, we look back and we go, well, duh, that was an easy pick, you know, using hindsight. But in the moment, there is that uneasiness about it. So for me, it's one of those picks where if it does happen. I get it, like not necessarily the huge, a huge fan of it, but I, I would get it in that regard. Again, you know, we're all because well, we're talking corners, but you know, the Packers don't. It's not like because, like we said when we first started, they don't have to take a corner. Right. Like, I would take him. I would take those other two guys, the first two guys that you mentioned, over almost anybody. Um. If if he's the best corner at, on the board when the Packers are, are selecting at twenty nine, then that means there's there's some other good players out there. There's there's going to be a good there's going to be probably a, two or three good tackles, which is also deep in this in this draft. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But there might be. Now everybody overlooks the fact that the Packers' starting inside linebackers are two kids that both got hurt last year. I inside linebacker to me is still. I, I know the Packers don't put a high priority on it, but they need to put somebody out there. I mean, they got rid of Kirksey. They have Barnes and um, I can't think of Martin. Martin. Yeah, mm-hmm. are, both kids are both basically kids who didn't even play a full rookie year because of injury. I mean, if there's a if one of those good and this, there's some good linebackers in this draft. If there's a good linebacker sitting there at 29, I wouldn't be upset with that pick. 
especially a linebacker who can cover. Um, so, I mean, they don't have to get a corner. I mean, if, if, yeah. if Joseph is the best corner on the board at 29, I'm going somewhere else and hoping – and then maybe trade up in the second round. And instead of trading back and getting them, take a good player at 29 and then use 62 and, you know, one of your fourths or one of, you know, a fourth and a sixth, whatever it, whatever it takes to move up in the second and then maybe get somebody. So last guy here, I think kind of uh, just from an outsider's sort of perspective on this is maybe more one of the, the more raw talents. We just came off of Kelvin Joseph, who I think is kind of the – the unknown Eric Stokes from Georgia feels like sort of a, we know what his abilities are. It's more just like, how will it translate into the NFL? He comes in six, one, a junior absolute blazer on a straight line, like a, an insane 40 time this week, I think came in at like four, four two five is what I saw. Um, but just like the the overall trust and in, uh, ability from what I've read and seen just doesn't seem like it's there. He doesn't seem like a well-polished overall prospect, but has, excuse me, has the ability, has the physical traits to be that in the NFL if the, if they can, they can make it work. Is that, uh, is that sort of what you see, Paul? Yeah, I, he's another one who, like you said, he's crazy athletic. And mm-hmm. I found this little nugget in five games this year, he held his receiver to under 10 yards. So he's he's got the production, once again, at the SEC, big schools. Again, similarly to Horn, he's he'll make contact, can uh, be physical, which is going to have to be something that's worked out of the game. But again, it's not a it's not as much of a panicky physical like Josh Jackson, as I said earlier. Good ball skills, and what I really like about his game is that he's he's flexible in terms of how they can use him, man or zone, press or off. And I think that that would make him a a nice fit in Joe Barry's defense, where they run a mixture of you know that Vic Fangio style defense that he's bringing over that Brandon Staley had. You know they run a mixture of different different coverages. A lot of times last year, Jalen Ramsey was in man, everyone else was in zone. They'll mix it up, different pre-snap looks, and I think that he's someone that could adapt to that relatively easily. Of course, it's going to be a tough transition for everyone, but that that part in particular is appealing to me about him. Now, I happen to like Stokes a lot. Um, I, the, the speed, like you said, is is off the charts, um, and the Packers like speed. If, we, if we've noticed anything about their last couple drafts, um, they go for, I mean, they, they, they like guys that can run. Um, and he can run and he, and he makes plays. He had four picks last, last year at Georgia. Um, I didn't have that. I didn't know that stat that you gave Paul. That, that's a real good stat. Um, uh, five, five games, less than 10 yards. I think he can come in and play. I think he's much more advanced than a, than a Joseph in terms of being able to come in and play. I, a matter of fact, I could see him if Green Bay were to take him at 29, I could see him. Starting the season as as your nickel, um, I think you, I think you, you could put him inside, um, and then eventually taking over for, for Kevin King outside. But yeah, I mean, I, he's I like him. I have him actually. I have him as I have him as like my fourth, my number four corner. Which you know, probably higher than most people do. But yeah, I only have three guys ranked that ranked ahead of him. 
Um, but again, it's like that speed, you, you can't teach that. Yeah. So, so does he sort of fit like that? Um, he's that, not a, a, you know, a track guy. He, he yeah. plays fast. Yeah. Does, does he sort of fit like that goalie locks, um, like in the middle, like too, too high of a talent that he's not going to fall to 29. So he's not one of those, but not a, not enough of a project that he's not worth taking at 29, where he sort of falls in that sweet spot there where he's worth, he's worth taking at 29 because of the upside that he has, but because he doesn't, he's not in that first tier of, of cornerback or that first tier of player that there is that chance that he actually falls to 29 becomes a, that, that sort of prototypical Packer where they draft and develop and kind of, kind of bring him along. Does that, does that sort of, uh, sort of ring true? I thought, I mean, I'm good. I was going to say, I think that's fair to say. I think he's someone that uh, whoever they draft at 29, I don't mm-hmm. necessarily think that there's going to be anyone available that's going to come in and they're going to overtake King in camp and King's going to be relegated to five snaps a game. I think early on, at least, the goal is hopefully to get someone who can come in and if there's shared responsibilities between the two, and then hopefully as the season progresses, they, that the rookie uh, can overtake King for a greater amount of playing time. Kind of similarly to what we saw with Barnes and Kirksey last year. You know, we saw the flashes from Barnes early on. Then it was week 14, 15 or so. He took over the Mike responsibilities, and he was the one out on the field for 70, 80% of the snaps uh, versus what Kirksey had been earlier in the year. So I think that's the hope, or at least that's my hope in, in this year's draft. And I do think that, to answer your question, that Stokes is someone who could be available at 29, but also someone who's not so much of a project that you can lean on them a little bit early on. Yeah, I agree with that. I also, I thought he was a guy that I was kind of targeting at 29 early on. Like, cause I said, I had him pretty high up and thinking, wow, if he can, he might be there at 29. That'd be a good, that, then when he ran the, you know, when he ran what he ran, I think, oh, I said, oh, okay. <laughs> now, now, you know, some team's going to, some team's going to just going to take him a little earlier than they, than they probably should. Um, but we'll see. I mean, that's and you know it's funny. Every I've been doing this for thirty some months. I don't know how long before you guys were born. I know, <laughs> I know before you were born, Paul. I don't know how old you are, but uh, um, you know, you, you you always think you have everything figured out, right? and then there's like one trade or or one one team goes off goes off kilter and takes a guy that nobody thought they were going to take. And then it just throws the whole thing into it, and everything. And it just, you know, one domino falls, and it all goes out of whack. And and the Packers have shown us, at least on, on, under under Gutekunst, like I, I was joking with with Paul the other day when he he said he had it all figured out what he what Brian. Yeah. Said, this is the kind of guy he wants, and this and this, and this position and that. And we, you know, take he'll take a running back. I mean, we don't. I mean, he's he's just gonna. I mean, nobody. I don't think anybody had Gary. Right, and nobody yeah, else, no. Alexander, and uh, you know, I, 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 I didn't have the the guts to to, to give him love last year because I I didn't know that they liked him a lot. I actually thought love wouldn't be there. I thought love was going to go. I thought New England was going to take take love last year. Um, but I mean, most, again, we're, we're, it was wide receiver, we were offensive line. You know, we all thought last year. Nobody thought, you know, quarterback. So, you know, <laughs> I'll be. You know what? I'll be surprised if they take a corner because I'm I'm so used to them not doing what <laughs> I will actually be su- surprised if they do the expected. 
<laughs> the one the one caveat I will add to that is the surprises are more so well the the loved one was just way off, but at least for me. But the surprises are a lot of times who the players are. The the positions that the Packers historically take in round one are the premier variety. So you see a lot of the mocks with linebacker, wide receiver, which aren't positions they typically take. Cornerback is. So I will say that, yeah, there absolutely could be the pick where uh, we didn't see them taking that player per se. But I do do think that, like, cornerback, offensive tackle, because they are high needs and because they are also premier positions, I'm probably – shooting myself in the foot by saying this, but I'll be surprised if it's not one of those two positions. Mm, Don't be surprised. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just saying. I'll just, if I, when I'm wrong, I'll say when I'm wrong, I'll just blame it on, well, I didn't know what the board was going to look like. (laughs) Did you say tackle or offensive line? Offensive tackle. They don't historically take interior offensive linemen in round one. Yeah, they were taking a guard that early, I'm trying to think. Yep. Look at everybody. I jinxed it. <laughs> <laughs> listen, just listen to us, and whatever we're saying, just prepare for the exact opposite. Yes. Yeah. But we've kind of covered ourselves because we said, yeah, we've gone about what they're supposed to do, and then we, but then we threw the caveat that this guy does any, this guy doesn't think the way. I mean, I'm not, I mean, I'm not ripping him. I, I, I like, he's not drafting for today. He doesn't draft for today. He drafts for today. Right. You know, right. Jordan Love and AJ Dillon were not drafted for the for last season, right? You know? And if you think about it, that's what you want your general manager to be doing in the draft. Mm-hmm. You don't what the the good teams. Obviously, there's exceptions, and you you know, like this year, the Packers are potentially trying to find an offense tackle or a cornerback or someone of that nature early on who can come in and start right away. But for the most part, they're relying on draft and develop or in recent history, you know, the free agent additions that they've brought in. Look at Minnesota's draft last year. They knocked it out of the park by what, by many standards, but it's hard in the NFL to be a rookie. And when you're relying on a bunch of them, it's, it makes, it makes things a lot more difficult than if you got some capable three, four, five year guys. Mm-hmm. And that Jordan, and speaking of Jordan, you know, that Jordan Love pick today looks like one of the, I mean, again, none of us know, including the, the Packers, how Jordan Love's going to be. I mean, obviously they think he's going to be very good or they wouldn't have spent a first-round pick and a fourth-round pick to to uh, take him. And even if he's, you know, if he if he's a good good player, that looks like a tremendous pick right now. That they only, that they got him at number 26 and only had to give up a fourth-round pick. Mm-hmm. Look at the 49ers giving up three firsts, mm-hmm. third, to go get a guy that, may not be as good as Jordan Love. Yeah. And and then throw on top of that that they traded for the guy that they already have yeah. right now. Like it, it's yeah, it this is the, the Packer fans may not like it because it doesn't fit the Madden the Madden mold of of get the guy and just plug in and and they instantly are a 99 rating, but I think I think having a GM that you can't really predict that that people don't really know what what their big board looks like is exactly what you want yes. out of a GM. We're pretty lucky to have it. Um, guys, thank you so much for doing this uh, with us. Thank you for listening. Everybody, make sure you stick around the rest of the month because, like I said, we just have nonstop draft coverage tomorrow. Matt, uh, excuse me, Matt, Mike, and Gage going to be talking about a couple of the top wide receivers. 
another sexy pick, uh, another sexy group that uh, Packer fans are hoping for at some point. It's another one of those drafts where wide receiver could go at any point. Um, so make sure you listen to them tomorrow and the rest of the month. Like I said, we're breaking down more of these position groups, more of these players doing a few mock drafts as well. So stick with us. Make sure you're subscribed. Follow us on Twitter at Packaday Podcast. And uh, make sure you follow all of us as well on there. Uh, gentlemen, do you want to let people know where they can find you out on uh, on social media? Anything else you want to kind of uh, promote right now? Yeah, uh, you can find me on Twitter at Paul underscore Brettel. That's B-R-E-T-L. Find my work at Cheesehead TV as well as Dairyland Express. And there's more than that. Go ahead. Keep going. Oh, I was going to – so <laughs> to piggyback, so the article Mark was referring to was I wrote about six tendencies that Brian Gutekunst has – that we've picked up on over his three drafts, which I'll be as a small sample size. So Saturday, today, I did a mock draft where I hit on all six of those items. So you can see how that turned out and let me know whether it's good or bad. And uh, you can find me, Mark Eckel, E-C-K-E-L-0-8 is my Twitter um, address. Uh, my stuff, like I said, I'm running stuff on Packer Report. It started uh, last week. Um, up up now is uh, quarterbacks, running backs, wide receivers, and tight ends. Uh, next week I'll be doing uh, Paul's position, tackle, and uh, and then in, interior lineman as well later in the week. So look look forward to uh, all. I, I'm I'm all draft too. We're, we're pack a days all draft and <laughs> all night in his draft for the next couple of weeks. So we're all drafted up. It's it's that time of year, man. I'm uh, I'm I'm on Twitter as well at DK all the way. If you want to follow me there, um, not much else to promote right now. I do have my my live show for Game On Wisconsin Tuesdays. 7.30 Eastern, 6.30 Lambeau time called Draft Day. It has absolutely zero to do with the actual NFL draft. We just bring <laughs> Packer people and other smart people on to do drafts of completely ridiculous uh, topics. For example, this past week we had Michelle Britton and Maggie Loney on, two of the most intelligent Packer people in the Twitterverse out there right now talk about their favorite fast food items. So make sure that you, uh, you tune in on YouTube over there on Game On Wisconsin as well. And uh, also for Game On, we're finishing up our Tournament of Hate, taking a fun look at uh, some of the most uh, infuriating personalities in Packer fandom. So make sure you check us out over on Game On Wisconsin as well. Like I said, make sure you stick with us, Pack a Day Podcast, the rest of the month leading up to the draft. Um, Paul, Mark, and myself will be back again next Saturday to break down the tight end group for uh for the upcoming draft but until then gentlemen great working with you excited to be doing it the rest of the month and uh until next time everybody go back go
Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified health care provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new health care regimen, including EE system.